on the phone. He's like, what? I can't hear you. It's Midsummer Maniacs. Hey, we're a podcast. We're a recap podcast of Midsummer Murders, the ITV show. Each week, we dig into an episode of the show, including the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. Your uh, name is Mark. And your name is Sarah. That's us. And this is episode 104. And just off the top, two big things worth. This is a spoiler podcast, so... If you haven't watched the episode, why are you listening to the podcast? And if you because we're going to talk about yeah. season seventeen, episode four, a vintage murder. This is an old episode, and not then, a new one. Yep. And if you let your kids drink wine, they should be able to listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if, if they're already wine critics at like yeah. eleven or twelve, they can handle this. Yeah. There's no real nothing in this episode. No, there's nothing. Kids kind of sad, but that's it. Yeah, it's a village full of bad people. It is a village full of bad people, and that village is Midsummer Vinay. Yeah, and that's a first. Yep, first. It's filmed in August 2014. Broadcast the 18th of February 2015. 5.39 million views, directed by Nick Lawlin and written by Lisa Holdsworth. We know her. Had on the show. Hey, Lisa. Hey, Lisa. Nothing negative we say about this episode is negative about you. We're going to assume that every little flub in the episode is something that was good in the script and and other people decided to change it. Okay. Lisa is a good writer. Okay. <laughs> yes. But she's part of a team. Yeah. And she would say that. Right. So the fact that sometimes it's a little weird here. Decisions are made. I don't think it's her fault. No, not at all. No, no. We love her. So Absolutely. This is also Kate's final episode. What? It's Kate's final episode. What clues do we have to that? None. Absolutely none. But Tamsin Mielsen, who plays Kate Wilding, is moving on. Did you know that we've seen her for a long time? No. Yeah. She's in a Poirot. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Do you know what Poirot is? No, I can't remember. She's in Evil Under the Sun, which takes place in the hotel on the little island that Mm -hmm. they have to ride the little thing to. Yeah. And she plays, she's the co- Killer. Yeah, that's right. And she is This eight. is a David Suchet Poirot. <laughs> yeah. Well, she has a young face anyway. She she is very young in that. That's back when she looked even more like Haley Mills. Yeah, she looks a lot like Haley Mills. Next season, we have Cam yes. as the coroner. The new coroner is yeah. Cam. So Kate Tamsin Mielsen moves on. She's in Unforgotten next, which is a good show if you haven't seen it. Yes. It's a really good show. It's one of those mystery shows that also has like character development and stuff, but it doesn't get in the way, doesn't drag it down too much. I miss Kate. I really like Kate. I do too. I wish we had Kate and Fleur together. Mm-hmm. That would be a like, really... I would watch the Kate and Fleur show. I agree. Especially if they played ping pong together. And they could easily solve crimes. <laughs> they could, absolutely. They could easily solve crimes. They should go on vacations together or and they, something. They that could would like be fun. live together and there'd be like the funny, your house is a mess thing. And, they oh. could just have a one-off episode where they go to a conference together. Yep. That and, would be awesome. Or Kate could go on Ted Lasso. Hey, so. Lisa, write that one. Yeah, there we go. That's a freebie <laughs> just not, from us. They may not want it, but you should write it. Yeah. 
All right, so we're in Midsummer Vinay. Vinay meaning vine. Oh, there's grapes. There's vines. Yeah, we're it's a, in it's a, a reference to the the Roman vineyards yes. that were in that region, yeah. amongst other places in in Britain when the Romans invaded and occupied for. What, 400 years? 400 years. Like twice as long as this country has existed, the Romans occupied Britain? Yes, they did. And then they picked up and left. Yep. So we've got the Carnarvons. Yes. That's how us Americans would say it. Including William Carnarvon, who we recognize from Shetland. Yeah. So Played by Mark Bonner, who I always think is like David Tennant's brother. Yeah, he's got a real David Tennant. Well, and they're both Scottish. Yeah, they have the same accent and everything. He's so good on Shetland. Yeah, he's a good actor. What I like about him on Shetland is you have different feelings for him in different episodes. Mm -hmm. And then his wife, Diana. Yes. Who's played by Ruth Gemmel, who's been in a bunch of stuff. And their albino son. Ryan? Yeah. At first, he looks like an albino. He looks a bit... Draco Malfoy. He does. He's definitely blonde. Yeah. And he's a pianist. Yes. And they own the winery. And then there's Diana's mom, Matilda. I have a note here that he has way too many buttons undone for a piano player. <laughs> and his, his pink Oxford is too unbuttoned for yeah, you? He has, it's like almost down to his chest. Like he is not Elton John. I'm just saying. He's outside in the sun. Maybe he's hot. Oh, I guess. Give Draco his buttons. Come on. Nadia shows up. Mm-hmm. She's a wine critic. Did you notice that they do a ton of material for this episode for the winery? Yeah. Like there's Lots of banners super and nice posters labels and things and like that. Yep. All kinds of marketing materials. Nadia Simons is played by Naoko Mori, who was also in the Doctor Who spinoff. Torchwood. Torchwood. Yeah. yeah she was in Torchwood, she played, which is really good, too. She plays... I like that one. A really good part in Torchwood. Yeah. So. But she's obviously this very fancy, exclusive wine critic. Yes. She drinks gets, a lot. She gets out of her car and walks onto the little dais and drinks. Like, yep. there's no handshakes or I'm excited to be here or anything. She's, I don't want to say she's bitchy, but she is. She she's an a, unpleasant person. She is an unpleasant person. Yeah. In an episode of Unpleasant People. Though, she has a signature color, which you have to respect. She does the hot pink. Mm-hmm. She's got it. She's got a signature. Yep. Which, as somebody who has a hot pink streak in her hair, I can I can get okay with. Yeah, if you didn't know that, Sarah has a hot pink streak in her hair. As do I. No. <laughs> no doubt. No, I don't. It's in my beard. <laughs> so the wine, their new wine there at the vineyard is a Brut Reserve 2010. Yes. And it's a sparkling white. Yes. It's not champagne. It's not champagne. It's a Brut. Champagne has to come from champagne. Yes. It's champagne. It's everything champagne, but not champagne. Right. Because it's yep. made from different grapes. Yep. But it's not going down well. She doesn't like it. Everybody's sad. I've tasted some of the best wines in England, and this is not one of them. And everybody's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) People are just falling down all over the place. Yeah. I remember the first time I saw this, I thought, this is the first mass murder we've ever had in midsummer. And it turns out they're just a little sick. They're just a little sick. But if they're just nauseous and pukey, why do they just fall down? Like, knock tables over and everything else. Sometimes when I get nauseous and pukey, I knock over tables. When I'm auditioning background artists for this scene, yeah. I'm going to say, I need to see you fall down. There's a lot of people in this scene. Yeah. There's can, you, a, and there's can you collapse? A, yeah. Okay. You can be in this scene. Can you wear a fedora? Okay. A so, seersucker suit? Yeah. Okay. Yep. 
So I have two notes right after this. So mm-hmm. so the credits start. And I have Lisa in all capital letters because right. we get to see her name. <laughs> yep. And then my next comment is, was that puke? <laughs> like, what did I just see there? Definitely, if people were poisoned the way that they say that they were poisoned, there would be puke everywhere. Yes. It definitely induces vol- vomiting. Absolutely. And so it's interesting. Critics really, wine critics really don't write bad reviews anymore. No. They used to. And by used to, I mean like maybe in the 1970s. Yeah. If there was a high profile winery that put out a new wine, they they had to review it. Right. And if it wasn't good, they would say so. But nowadays they don't review wines that they don't like. Yeah, you just don't review things you don't like. Right, because very few wine reviewers actually make a living doing it. Yeah. It's so rare. Yeah. And if you give bad reviews, people won't ask you to, they won't give you wine to review. Well, <laughs> like, oh. you'll get blacklisted. If you don't like it, you just don't review it. The wine in this instance has metaldehyde in it, which is commonly used as slug pellets. Do you know the other use for it? No. It's used as fuel in camping stoves. Oh, Okay. Because it's uh, there. It's still pellets. It's solid fuel. It's solid fuel, and that's easier to transport than liquid fuel. Yeah. And it's also less volatile. Yes. Right? But don't lick it, man. And we find out later that Diana Carnarvon is the one who did it. She yes. put it in the glasses, she, not in the wine. Not in the wine. Because she couldn't really put it in the wine. Well, I mean, she could, yeah. but she couldn't guarantee that those bottles were the ones that were served there. And I think it would have been bad if every single person came down sick. I think she wanted a handful of people to come down sick and just a little sick because she knows the winery is not doing well and and her husband insists on persevering and she wants to convince them it's time to throw in the towel. She almost kills her mother accidentally. She does because her mother, Matilda, has angina and the stress of the poisoning almost did her in. Yes. Metaldehyde can give you abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, fever, convulsions, and then it kind of goes up. Coma. Yeah. But the last is my favorite. And persistent memory loss. What? Yeah. What are we talking about again? (laughs) <laughs> Who are you? Wow. That's a, that's a big one. Yeah, persistent memory. I mean, coma's bad. Don't get me wrong. But persistent memory loss, it goes on. Like the diarrhea and the vomiting and the nausea and stuff, those are going to pass. Yeah. Um, but oof. Persistent memory loss. You should also know that slug pellets of all of, of this type, especially, are very dangerous for pets and animal life, and you really shouldn't use them. There's other alternatives. Yeah, there. and they seem to be all blue. They're they're blue. Yeah. They look like hundreds and thousands, like sprinkles. Yeah, they do. But they're blue. And but, apparently they're kind of sweet. Ugh, That's okay. bad. Well, there's a notice board. So Mark is off looking at the notice board stuff. Of course. We have the Village Fate, which has <laughs> a silver band. Oliver Tatling. Wait a minute. Is a silver band different than a brass band? I guess. Is it just older people playing in a brass band? Maybe. Because they're silver? Or is it just flutes? All at the fate. <laughs> the fate also has Irish dancers. Okay. Birds of Prey shows. Okay. And a grand raffle. All right. All right. Okay. But wait, there is more on this notice board. They went nuts on the notice well, board. Well, the poster that the FWA puts up is quite the doozy too. Yes. With its clip art skull and crossbones bottle. Yes. But what else do we have? Uh, Owls in Their Nest, which is a presentation at the Midsummer Nature Reserve. Why have we not been at the Midsummer Nature Reserve no. for, an, uh, for an episode? 
There are cricket tryouts Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And then the thing that ties it all together back to other episodes. And we've had at least three references to this. Guys and Dolls. Yeah. What is up with Guys and Dolls in Midsummer County? You know, I think they just kind of recycle some of the flyers sometimes. There's probably some prop person who has a bin of paper stuff. And they just, they have like spring folder and a fall folder. And they just pin them up. If you need to work out, you can go to Kira's Workout and... And also, there's a lost dog. Oh, yep. Somebody lost their dog. Yeah, it's not like it's not like Sykes or anything. It's a brown dog. It's a very pretty. Well, dog. then who cares if it's not Sykes? Who cares? Certainly not Elizabeth Rice. Man, wow, she's something else, isn't she? She is something else. Who is her husband? She's the farmers. She's the president of the Farmers Wives Association. Do you think you get kicked out if you get divorced? I don't know. Or but, if your husband quits farming, do you have to leave? But that scene with the farmers' wives doing the is awesome. It's like a tennis match. It's like a tennis match. The whiplash, match. the flum, flum, back and forth. Vroom. And then when he says, actually, we do know it was murder, and there's, ooh. <laughs> I was like, all those people are contest winners. Well, and Selena Griffiths, who plays Elspeth Rice, is so good at playing a busybody. She's, yes, she is. She's been in other things where she's been the busybody. So we've got the vineyard. We've got the village. Yes. Elspeth is all upset because she thinks that the winery is sabotaging the village because they're responsible for a little girl's death. And the water level in the pond is going down. Yes. So she's running out there to measure it all the time. And then we have a hotel. And then there's the hotel, the vine. Right. And the owner of the hotel. And the hotel is the same building as was used for the psychic fair in The Witches of Angels Rise, which is the most recent new episode that's come out. Which we did a mini episode just a few days ago. It's so strange. (laughs) It's the same building. Yeah. The guy who runs the hotel is Lewis. Lewis Payton. Pant. Painton? Painton. Painton? Paintown. Paintown. <laughs> Paintown. Who appears to be super helpful at first, and then somebody's like, wait a minute, Lewis, you need your I'm an asshole switch flipped. And he's like, oh, oh, oh that's now right. I'm an asshole. Sorry, I forgot. Because he's super nice at the beginning. Well, okay, so let's talk about it, because I'm confused about one thing. And so we're the impression we're given is that Midsummer Vinay is not this big hustle bustle village, right? Nope. It's a smaller village. Yep. We've never even heard of it before today. It's got farmers. It's got a vineyard as a new local business. It's been there for what, ten or fifteen years? Ten years. It's been there long enough. Yep. And the hotel is called the Vine. Yep. And they do a lot of business because of the tours. Yep. And the business that the vineyard brings to the village. Yes. And yet, Lewis is sort of enjoying the fact that the vineyard is struggling, which you'd think he would want them to be doing well. No, he wants them to do poorly so that he can buy them and make it And then he can fix it and turn it around. Yes. So he'll have the hotel and the vineyard. Yeah, he wants wants to diversify. Okay. Okay. I can buy that. That village hall is really nice. Did you notice that? It's... Nice, except for the sign that they put up, which isn't so impressive. Well, no, but like it has a gate and everything. Yeah, well, it's got a nice long table. It certainly for whiplash looks nicer. (laughs) It certainly looks so much nicer than the village hall that I grew up with. Yeah. So Lewis, part of his badness is that he once dated Nadia, the alcoholic wine critic, who everyone thinks. 
killed, killed Jessica Taylor. Killed Jessica Taylor. The last time she was in the village. Yes. When they had their last launch of a wine and she got drunk and drove, but it wasn't her, but the, everybody thinks it was, and now she's back. Lewis also we, has a thing for Diana. Yep. Have we noted, mentioned that Ryan's a musician? Because that is the most dropped thing ever. That he's a pianist? Episode. Yeah. And that he's the great hope of the family. It's it's like, this is so important and we'll not talk about it again. No. I think what's important about it is that the Carnarvon's mother, the mother-in-law, Matilda, is extremely wealthy and can afford to live in a hotel full time. And that a significant amount of money has been set back for Ryan in a trust. But that that money sort of skipped over Diana, who's yep. Matilda's daughter. Yeah. So there's no money to help out the vineyard. No. So Matilda Stowe is played by Claire Bloom. Mm -hmm. She may be the most interesting woman who's ever been on Midsummer. <laughs> That's saying something. Yep. So just alone in the year 1969, she's in Illustrated Man. Mm -hmm. So Illustrated Man is a Ray Bradbury book. It's made into a movie, stars Rod Steiger. Mm-hmm. And there's this kind, it's a short story collection that has this story around it, right? Mm -hmm. One of my favorite books as a kid about a tattooed man. Right. Which at, in 1969 is like a dangerous thing. Right. Only right? bikers have tattoos back then. And she plays a woman that basically seduces him into killing her husband. And she also is part of the tattooing that goes on. Interesting. So a woman involved in tattooing is... Edgy. She's in that. Okay. She's also in in Charlie that year, which is the movie that is like they took the book Flowers of Algernon, mm -hmm. which is actually not a book. It's a like a short story. Mm -hmm. Does she and, just star in movies that are made from short stories? Seemingly. Okay. And then Cliff Robertson is in this movie. Okay. And it's a really famous movie, and she's that. That's one year. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, well, she's been in a million things. But then I saw who she was married to. Okay. <laughs> I would just sit and talk to this lady for hours about the two men she was married to. She's been married three times. I don't know who the middle guy is because he's nobody. Okay. Okay. He's just a regular guy. He's just a he regular. He may have been an awesome guy. He may have been an awesome guy. But first, she married Rod Steiger. Okay. Okay. And if people don't know Rod Steiger, what he's, would they know him he's from? He's a famous American actor. He's very gruff. He's been he's won an Academy Award. He's done so Rod Steiger mm -hmm. in the heat of the night. He's yeah. in In the Heat of the Night. He plays the police chief. Okay. He's he's the guy who Still, uh, anybody under yep. 30 will have no idea who he is. Yep. But he was big. Yep. All he's right. in On the Waterfront with Marlon Brando. Like Definitely, he was a big a deal, dude, yes. right? And then in the '90s, she was married to Philip Roth, an American writer who is very famous for books like Portnoy's Complaint and a whole bunch of other books. So she married interesting guys. Oh, is what you're saying? She and she was in two dozen interesting movies in the yeah. 70s. You never want to define a woman by the men that she's been yeah. married to, but yeah. it certainly means that she ran in some interesting circles that she was married to those two men because life would not have been boring. Oh, I and. I do not doubt that she probably divorced all those men because they were definitely hard men to live with. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So when she's throwing the fit at the end, I'm like, I have more new respect for her now. <laughs> I'm like, oh, you go. You go, Matilda. You can say what you want. Yep. So Nadia's trying to drunk drive. And at first, Tina's dad, Tyler, Roger. Yes. Roger Tyler is like spitting crazy. Now, nobody should drunk drive. I'm not saying that. But yes. he's clearly extremely distraught about it. And then you find out why. Yes. Because his daughter, Jessica, is the one who was killed. And they think she did it. Yes. So he goes to the FWA meeting and is like, somebody needs to stop her. She's about to go. And, and I love Nadia, who's like so shamelessly drunk driving. Oh my gosh, she can't even get her own car open. <laughs> she can't even get the car open. When she sits down on that park bench to wait for her ride and takes that case out of her purse and opens it up and there's a corkscrew and a glass and everything in yep. it and she's just gonna sit there and drink. It's like, wow, you came prepared and you know she carries that all the time. <laughs> Like, maybe a wine critic would would have some paraphernalia related to being a wine critic, but that that is just, I'm a drinker, and I come ready. Yep. Well, and later we find out she has cirrhosis and has only a year to live, right? I am here so to So she's drink hardcore. Because I am a professional drinker. A prof yeah, not a wine critic, a professional drinker. But that, that little case is awesome. And she does some really great physical acting with she it. Does. She does. Yeah. She does. I love that she sets her big pink purse way at the other end of yes. the bench and then realizes it's too far away and almost like falls over to reach it yep. to get her little drinking, hard drinking case out of it. <laughs> So she can open the wine. <laughs> and I bet you there's one thing missing from that case. A stopper. Yeah. I bet you there's no way to recork the bottle. It's like you open it, you're going to finish it, right? Like that's that's the whole idea. <laughs> She's hardcore. Nadia's waiting for a ride and I'm looking at the clock. Because mm. we're almost 15, 16 minutes into this episode and we don't have a dead body yet. 15 minutes and nobody's dead? I'm but we lying. have had a mass poisoning. Yes. that That's something. And where are our primary characters? We have yet to see them. <laughs> Speaking of the poisoning, by the way, um, something very similar happened that like that in the real world. This Austrian winery back in 1985, they shared a hill or a mountain with another winery. The other winery got far more sun than this one did. And so their wines were less sweet because their grapes didn't get enough sun. So to sweeten their wine and give them more body, they put antifreeze in their own wine. Oh, okay. So Is that dumb or what? That That's dumb. And I did a, a search for parties that everybody got poisoned at. Mm -hmm. Not something you want to search for because I I may never eat at a party again. There's a lot of vomit. There's I'm and, sure. And fecal matter. Ah! <laughs> wash your hands. Wash your hands. If you're preparing food for many people, wash your hands. A lot. Yes. A lot. Can we talk about just before we move on, because Nadia is about to die. Yes. Before we move on, I have a surprise for you. Oh, a surprise. So Nadia is a wine critic. Okay. And she does the thing to aerate the wine and everything. When yeah, she, and she it. looks at it in the light. She looks at it in the light. She tips the glass to check its leg to yep. see how it clings to the side of the glass. Yes. We're not really wine people, you and I. No, we we have drunk wine before, but we're not wine. Like, people. I can't stand a red. I don't know why. I've never nope. met a red I like. I try them. I don't like them. Red wine. I like sweet white wines that apparently people who actually like white wine wouldn't like. Bottom line is you drink what you like. That's what's important. Absolutely. But we don't drink much at all anyway. Nope. We're not wine experts. 
But we've heard people talk about wine. You know yes. there's terminology about wine. Yes. And the, and the more into wine you are, the fancier your terminology becomes. I'm, I'm getting an idea of what this wine, what this... Okay. What the surprise is, might be. Is this quiz, you're going to... It is a quiz, by the way, yes. Uh, is Are you going to describe a, a wine to me and then I have to guess the type? <laughs> no, we're not doing okay. a tasting. Okay. okay. I've okay. not prepared a wine tasting for you. Oh, okay. What I'm going to do is give you a term used to describe wine as well as the definition of that term. And you're going to tell me whether it's real or fake. Okay. So this is... This is the trope of the pretentious person who sips the wine and is like, oh, there's notes of um, persimmons, apricot, and... Smoked raspberries or something. fungus yeah, or something. Yeah, exactly. Some very weird dichotomy. Well, but, but some of that actually has a purpose because if you've never had the wine and somebody's trying to describe it to you... And you don't have it to taste. Yeah. So like that, fruit, it is difficult to convey what something tastes like, right? Like for me, I like fruity tart wines. So yeah. when they say it's fruity Sweet, and tart. Sweet, fruity, and tart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I would like it, right? Yeah. But okay. as you get into more complex flavors and to more complex critics, you get weirder and weirder terms in an effort to describe those flavors. Okay, I'm in trouble here. So half of these are real. And half of them aren't. Okay, how many we got here? We got seven of each. Seven of each. Oof. Are you ready? Okay, I'm going to go over under on this. I'm going to go that I only get 25% of these right. <laughs> so you're going to get three right out of each kind? Out of, out of four, that would six be out of 14. Okay. <laughs> that's that's uh, that's a little bit better than 25%. Yeah, it is better than 25%. All right. So... Uh, like three out of 14. Okay. Oof. So I'm going to give you the term and the definition, and you tell me whether it's real or fake. Are okay. you ready? Okay, and listeners. Listeners can play along. Listeners can play along. But they can't help along. you. But no, if they shout out loud enough, I might be able to hear them. You might, but yeah, I doubt it. But it, they'd have to time travel too. So. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. Hit me. Foxy. It's a, it's a negative term, and it means that the wine is musky or musty tasting. Foxy. It's foxy. Real or fake? Fake. That one is real. One down. <laughs> okay. Okay. Barnyard. This is a positive trait of a wine. It means that it has flavors of leather, hay, bacon, and manure. I'm going to say that's a real term. It is. Yes. Good job. Yeah. You're one for one. One. One for two. One for two. Okay. Okay. Barnyard. <laughs> Meaty. Describes a red wine that has a high concentration of flavor and almost a chewy quality. It may even have an aroma of cooked meat. I'm going to say that's false. That is real. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Drinks should never be meaty. <laughs> okay, we've had Foxy. Now we have Badgery. It's an aggressive flavored wine with some hints of forest flavors like peat and dry leaves. That's false. Correct. Okay. So I'm two for four. <laughs> you didn't believe Badgery was real? No. Foxy, you didn't buy either. So, okay. No. Wet gravel. It's a mineral flavor with hints of green pepper used to describe red wines. The equivalent in a white wine is flinty. No, that's Wet fake. Wet gravel. That's fakey fake. It's real. Oh, I'm really <laughs> bad at this. Okay. So, or I'm really good at making up so fake ones. Two for three. <laughs> two for three. Linty. 
It describes, That's fake. It describes a wine that is overly dry. It's um, extremely secco, which oh, is the that, term for dry. That's fakey, fake, fake. It's fake. You got that one correct. Okay. Three out of three. That Three out of six. Gasoline. It's a good term, and it's especially applied to German wines. It's associated with the smell, the scent, being reminiscent of gasoline. True. True. Oh, I'm four of seven. Cat, above 500. Cat pee. It's a good trait. It means it has a funky tang. Fake. Real. Oh. People actually describe wines having... A cat pee type aroma, and it's good. <laughs> Four for eight. Ooh, okay. Bin juice. This is a negative trait. I would hope It's an so. undefinable combination of negative traits in a wine. It's kind of a blanket term. True. Fake. I made up bin <laughs> juice. <laughs> so that's uh, four for nine. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Pencil shavings. It's a good description, described as smelling or tasting like a combination of tequila and milk. Pencil shavings. I'm going to say that's a real term. It is. Yeah. Only because you're like, tequila and milk? Pencil shavings don't remind you of tequila and milk. No, I, I know that there's woody and textury kind of things to it, so. I suppose. Five of ten. All right. I'm doing better than I thought I was going to do. Crotchety. It's when the acidity levels are too high or a wine is overly sour. That's fake. It is. Nice. Good job. Six of 11. Flatulent. A sparkling wine that is overly gassy. Too much CO2 is allowed to stay in the wine or a high sugar content allows the wine to continue to ferment in the bottle. That's a true term. That's fake. (sighs) Seven of 12. Two more. Ready? Yep. Necrotic. An unpleasant chemical taste accompanied by sweetness and meaty flavors. True. Fake. Seven of 13. (laughs) You really thought people would describe wine as necrotic? Uh, I don't know now. (laughs) All right. Here's your last one. Good luck. Hangry. A wine that has a disagreeable taste unless accompanied by the right food pairing. False. That is fake. Good job. Uh, eight of 14. <laughs> you did Woo-hoo! better than you thought you would. <laughs> I, can't, I can't believe that you didn't think badgery was real. That it's aggressive. Is that the right number? And foresty. Did you, did you take them? You got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Correct. Eight of 14. Good More job. That's 50%. over 50%. You did much better than you thought. Yes, I did. Or my fake ones were too fakey. Which of, which of my fake ones were you most... Badgery, because you did Foxy. Yeah. Yeah. So you were like, that can't be right? Yes. But you thought Flatulent was real. Yes. <laughs> so of my fake ones, you thought Bin Juice was real. <laughs> and you thought Flatulent was real. Those are the only two I fooled you on. But of the real terms that you got wrong, you didn't believe that wet gravel was real, and it is. You didn't think that cat pee was real, and it is. You didn't think foxy was real, but it was. And you didn't think meaty was real, and it is. Wow. Why wouldn't you want to drink something that smells like cat pee? Come on. Good job. You did well on that. Nadia makes a call, gets up, wanders into the road, and whammo. Yeah. She goes flying into the flowers. Okay. 
So then the killer picks her up, mm-hmm. puts her in the back of their car, mm-hmm. takes her to the winery. Mm-hmm. That just happens to be unlocked because they're discombobulated from the poisoning, so they don't lock up the outbuildings. Puts her on the floor. Yep. Opens up the CO2 vents on the... On the no, she, she turns the, the ventilation off. That's all she has okay. to do. Is turn the ventilation off. Okay. Now, okay. The killer in this episode... Judy. Unfortunately, is Judy. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, she's one of them. We'll get there. (laughs) She's responsible for this death. Now, Judy is supposed to be OCD and agoraphobic. Mm Mm-hmm. And anxiety-ridden. I actually don't... And this is not Lisa's fault. No. I don't think trauma is dealt with properly in this episode. It's not because the person who is supposed to be assisting Judy in overcoming that trauma has a different motive. I guess. So Elspeth is the person who should be modeling how trauma should be handled and assisted. Yeah. And she has an ulterior motive, so she's not doing it well. Okay. I'll give you that. Because she actually killed her daughter. But how does Judy get out of the house without anybody noticing? Okay, her daughter is off running around with her boyfriend, and yep. her husband works the night shift at the hotel. Oh, okay. But she's got neighbors. Yeah. So, but she gets in the when car. an agoraphobic goes out of the house, it's a significant thing. When an agoraphobic, yeah, yep. I she yep. says that it so gardening makes her feel better. And she used to be responsible for the garden the garden beds right around the bench. Yes. And so she felt motivated to go and see to those flowers. Okay, I'll buy that. And just happens to see Naughty in the road and goes, bonus! This I is awesome! Will not buy that. I'm so that. glad I came out. I will not buy that. <laughs> I also will not buy that this small woman. Now, yeah. Nadia is not a big woman. No. But, but Judy's not Judy's either. Judy's not either. I don't think Judy could pick up Nadia if she was unconscious and floppy and unassistive. No. Then get her into the winery mm-hmm. and then know how to turn off the ventilation system and what that would do. Well, it is a big switch that says ventilation. But how would she know that? How that, would she know that that, that that was a way to kill her? Like, I can turn off the ventilation in our house, but we're not going to get CO2 to death in 20 Maybe minutes. Maybe her plan is to take Nadia there and just kill her in another way, and she realizes she can just suffocate her. That how way. does she realize that? I don't know. I'm okay. trying to help you. Okay. Okay. I'm kind of curious, though, if agoraphobics find it easier to leave the house at night that's interesting yeah because other people aren't looking at them and aren't observing what they're doing and maybe it feels safer to leave at night i wonder and this is not a slight or a joke okay but i wonder if agoraphobics find it easier to go out on cloudy days than sunny or or cloudless skies at night because the whole idea is big open spaces right right well, and it may be different for people who are agoraphobic due to trauma versus they're agoraphobic due to other mental challenges that they have, and it's associated with that. Like, Maybe. hers is traumatic. The assumption is is that with time, she would be able to get better. Maybe not cured, but she would be able to get better. Yeah. She's not, because Elspeth is not really helping her get better. No. She's actually kind of coddling her and not encouraging her to overcome this. Yes. Because it suits her purposes for Judy to be housebound and need her because that makes her feel less guilty. Yes. She doesn't want Judy to get better. Okay. In the meantime, Kate and Charlie are watching the show. 
Yeah, they're watching some kind of Scandinavian mystery show. Do you are you upset by how she eats? No, because a lot of people eat pasta that way. Okay. I was kind of put off by it. She's a sloppy eater, though. She is. We know that. When she's having lunch with Sarah, Sarah says, it's so nice to eat with somebody who doesn't need a bib. And Meanwhile, she... Kate's got mayonnaise all over herself. <laughs> I was more intrigued by the two of them being excited to watch some kind of police drama. Some sort of Nordic noir drama. I, Everything that I found online said that real police really don't enjoy watching that stuff because it's so irritating they, that they don't follow like it's protocol. Nothing like real jobs. Yeah, and it is. It, it's like why I can't watch The Office because right. I worked in an office. It's too close it's to real too life. Close to real life, but not close enough. Yeah, and but they're into it. Apparently, they um, many police also find it irritating that fictional detectives get to bypass a lot of rules that they don't get to, that they wish yes. they could, but they can't. But it is a detective who's a doctor, so he's solving crimes as a doctor. That's why so, Kate would so like So I, I think, think maybe yeah. Kate likes it like that. Yeah. So Louis Payton, who owns the hotel, has a son named Kevin, who is the assistant vineyard manager. Yes. So he works with the Carnarvons. Yes. But Lewis wish, wishes that he was working at the hotel. He would rather have him following in his footsteps, but he's following in the Carnarvon's footsteps instead. Yes. And and I want to talk about Lewis for just a second. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Lewis in relation to another character and another series. Okay. okay. So Lewis, he's done a, a couple of things. He's played by Lloyd Owen. But his main claim to fame now is he, he's in the new Lord of the Rings series the on TV Amazon. Show. On Amazon. He's in that. It's not been out yet. But mm -hmm. but we did find out something about Lord of the Rings this week. What? We found out. Oh, yes. We solved the Orlando Bloom mystery. Yes. So there is on YouTube, and we'll put the video on in the show so notes. So back up. So in the episode where Orlando Bloom is in a midsummer yes. and he gets killed by a pitchfork, there is also a house. a house that is named in reference to Lord of the Rings. And, and, and Tom Barnaby even makes a reference to it. Yes. And we've always wanted to know. If they knew that Orlando Bloom was going to be in the Lord of the Rings movie when they filmed that, or if it was just a coincidence, a but and we couldn't we figure it out. Because on the Graham Norton show, he asked him basically that exact question. He was talking about their first roles, right? Their breakout roles. And Orlando Bloom joked about how he was killed by a pitchfork in a midsummer. And he's good hearted about it. And, Peter and, Drinkwater is his name. And I will never forget that character's name. Peter Drinkwater. But he says when he went in for the audition that they asked him to do this before he left to do Lord yeah. of the Rings. He said, I'd like to do this, but I'm due in New Zealand to start filming a movie. And they said, we can fit it in. Will you do it? And he so, said, yes. So that reference yeah. was purposely added to yeah. that episode. It was a wink and a nod. So now we know that'll be in the show, no show notes yeah. from his mouth. Yeah. We had suspected it before, but now we know. It seems like a big thing for the Midsummer showrunners to do for an actor who yeah. was kind of a small part in the episode and, yeah. and wasn't a big actor at the time. But they knew. But I think they were all excited for him yeah. because it, they knew it was going to be big. And so it was a supportive thing that they did. I think yeah. that's awesome that I they did it. I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. So another thing about Lewis is that when they go into Nadia's room, which is a pigsty, by the way, which wow. is no surprise. <laughs> did you hear what Charlie said? No. So 
they go into the room and and Charlie goes, oh, I've seen worse. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which is a reference to Kate again. <laughs> She's casual about housekeeping, she yes. says. <laughs> when he opens the safe, obviously he has like a manager's safe code, yes. a combination. Did you see what it was? It's like 100 or something? No, it's 2010. Oh, it's just which the is, year. Which is the year of the big wine that put the vineyard on the map. Oh, okay. So it makes sense because that's probably when they started the hotel too. Yeah, probably. It was 2010. Makes me want to check to see if that works on other hotel scenes. Yeah. <laughs> so his son, Ryan, and the Carnarvon's son, Kevin, I'm sorry, I mixed those up. The Carnarvon's son, son Ryan, and yes. Lewis's son, Kevin. Yes. I get those two confused. Yes. Both have a crush on Tina, whose sister Tina. was Jessica and got run over. They right? all love Tina. Because she's the only young woman in the whole place, apparently. She's the only woman under 30 in the village. Well, and Tina is legitimately miffed at her parents because all they do is worry about her their dead daughter. At least her mother. Yeah, and don't pay her any attention at all. And I think that's realistic that... When a child dies, especially traumatically like that, they sort of get idealized in the yeah. parents' men- memory. And it's it's hard to compete against a kid who can't grow older and get zits and make mistakes, yeah, right? Yeah, and is younger. Yeah. Right. So they're both flirting with her. And she tells Kevin that she's not in a relationship with Ryan, but she is. Because yes. they're like Romeo and Juliet. They're yep. not allowed to be in a relationship, yep. but they are. So then we see Nadia's toe tag, yes. which just says Nadia on. <laughs> Does it? I yes. didn't notice that. Yep. We don't really get to see her corpse except in pictures. Yep. They yep. they put some good makeup on her yep. face. And it, it, the photo that Kate has on her screen is Nadia's face right next to a photo of Nadia's liver. Yep. And, and <laughs> like she had cirrhosis. Look. Yeah. Nasty liver. Kate figures out that she got hit by a car and then was put in the building and stuff like that. And we also find out that Nadia was fired from the wine magazine. She wasn't really a professional critic anymore. And she was fired for bribery. Yeah. Which is an actual scandal that's happened many times in the world of wine critics. Oh, there was, really? There was one guy who was caught, his agent basically, was charging wineries $26,000 for him to come there for two days and wow. try it. And that was even without a promise of actually writing a review. It was just to get him there and taste it. I am in the wrong business, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. There are so many scandals associated with wine. It's not even funny. Yeah. Of course. Absolutely. But Charlie has a new friend. PC Flory. What I like about PC Flory in this episode is she doesn't make a mistake. Mm-mm. She does all the right stuff. She's a good cop. She's a good cop. And she doesn't fawn over him. She's not nope. like, oh, nope. like you're my senior officer. She's just professional yep. with a smile and, and kind of a side gaze. Like, she's hey, like, hey, you know? how you doing? And at the end, when they go off together, she looks beautiful. Yeah. And... I love that she pulls up and just honks. Yeah. Like, are we going? Come on. Yep. (laughs) She looks really good at the end. And Charlie does the right thing, gives her a little kiss and says, you know. Yeah. Says, this is going to be fun. I have always been impressed with the way they wrote the relationship between Kate and Charlie. That they never, ever tried to make them a couple. It's more sibling. It's more like an older sister and a younger brother. And I like that so much. And I love that she wants him to go out on dates. She's like, look, this is my lifestyle. Don't become me. 
Yep. There's nothing wrong with me, but you're a different person. Well, and you I, should be going out. I also like, okay, so Kate, the woman, Tamsin, who plays Kate, mm-hmm. is a beautiful woman, mm-hmm. but she is not a normal body size woman for television. Not American television, not especially. American. She's not super tiny. And they petite, don't make skinny, a thing skinny. about it. Nope. They don't make jokes about her eating too much. She nope. doesn't. She is who she is. None of that thing. She is a real person. Yeah. She likes takeout. She likes TV. Well, and on (laughs) top of that, Carolyn Flory is also like, she's beautiful, Mm -hmm. but isn't like she's a woman of color. She's, she's a woman who is not exactly like, isn't the super buff cop. Nope. She's in uniform still. So she's not like super achiever, you know, in control lady or anything. Yeah, none of She's that. still coming they up. They do such a good job with that. And then they promptly drop. We'll every, never see her again. Every last little bit of it gets dropped. <laughs> which is annoying. <laughs> then speaking we meet another of, character that disappears. Speaking of things that get dropped like hot potatoes. Ida Romano. Ida Romano. The Eastern European au pair extreme now, I wish it was the other au pair from the Stranglers Woods episode. Oh. <laughs> no eggs? No eggs. <laughs> She's awesome. She's Brazilian. Police. <laughs> Ida is clearly Eastern European. Yes. Maybe Italian. I'm not sure. How much Her, money the, are they making? The actress's name is Amalia Vitali, so yeah. she may be Italian. And she doesn't do much. No. No, she's... So not only are the Barnabys wealthy enough to pay an au pair. Yes. But did you see Betty's high chair? No. All Is right. it like a super high chair? I have a photo of this high chair that we can include in the notes. Okay. Because it is a space age high chair. Okay. It's like half an egg. Like if you took an egg and you sliced it from top to bottom. Yes. It's shaped like that. Oh, okay. And it's black. Okay. And it has like chrome on the sides and where it pivots it's chrome and the stand is all like space age so i'm like okay this is not a regular high chair no as a mother of triplets who had to buy three of everything i was not buying that high chair no way no how did you find said high chair oh yes it's made by a company called fresco and they start at 599 dollars for a chair? For a high chair. For a child. Yes. They start at $5.99. That's the most dad sound I've ever made. <laughs> so I looked up the brand yeah. that I know I bought when I had to buy three of them. Yes. And today yeah. they are $179. So I I could have bought and our kids all three of mine. Fine. I could have bought all three of mine for what Betty's cost. Because Betty's is like Super space age stylish high chair. All I know is I hope Fresco donated that for product placement. I'm surprised Barnaby didn't lean over and kiss Betty and go, I'll just kiss you here in your Fresco high chair. (laughs) Have a great day, Betty. (laughs) Because wow, they have some that are like $1,500. Wow. Just because they're made out of different colored plastic. Just crazy. But it's nice to see Sarah going back to work. Yep. 
because later we sort of wonder if she still has a job. Yeah. The discussions about the newest episodes, a lot of people are saying, why is she home so much? Yes. Does she still work? She should still work. She is still working. It's just kind of lame to include it in the in the episode because it just kind of, yeah, like she wouldn't be home. But no. let's just pretend and she they, is. <laughs> I'm sure they're intimately aware of not making her choice. Yeah. So she's not a homebody. No, she likes her job. She wants to go yeah. back, but she's nervous, and yep. I like that too. Yep, because she's a very confident character. But it's nice to know that she is nervous about some things. I used to think she was just too perfect. You know, yeah, she didn't have any flaws. Yeah, I'll tell you somebody who has flaws: Elizabeth. Elizabeth, she's, she's Looney McToonie. She killed a little girl on the day she bought a new car, and then okay, didn't that's stop. What, that's what she says, but. I believe it. I believe she literally did not know where the light switch was. She was distracted. She hit a little girl. She didn't want to admit it. And she's like, I'm never driving again. And she just ditched the car. And uh, now she rides her little bike around yeah. like like the Wicked Witch of the West. Yep. But wouldn't people have noticed? <sighs> Elspeth got a new car. Oh, it's Where gone. did her car go? Well, plus, okay. I returned it. I didn't like it. Okay, I guess. Well, and... T- Tina throws one stone into the water and hits the car. <laughs> like no one's thrown a stone in that in that pond. In that pond, nobody's dove off that little platform to go swimming. No, there are no kids in this town. It's so. not deep enough no. that nobody would notice that car. No, you would. You would. Your feet would bump it at least. Well, I have a story about that. Okay, because I did a little searching on cars that were sunk in ponds, like ponds. Uh-huh. and i found out this story from 2019 oh it's recent okay where this individual had been reported missing in 1997 and they finally found his body in the car is this in the u.s or it's in florida okay okay do you know how they found his body in the car his car floated to the surface nope no Scuba someone divers. Found the car on Google Maps. Wow. Yep. And and solved what had happened to this individual. So they could see that there was something yeah. in that pond. Because from of, the from the satellite view. Because of the changes in the water table in Florida, which is a whole politicized thing that right. we're not going to talk about. Right. They could see and and uh, I'll and put, I'm sure from the side view, if you were standing on the bank, you probably couldn't. If it's nope. like a foot or two feet underwater, you would not see it from that angle. But you could clearly see it in the Google Maps view. That's amazing. And that is how they found it. That makes me want to get on Google Maps and just crawl around ponds to see if you can see anything in them. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. Like the man contacted the police said he was doing a Google search and the cops- Was he even in Florida? Nope. The cops (laughs) used their drone to see it. To fly over and see it. Yeah. That's incredible. So was he, he was definitely murdered? No, no. He- He drove off. He drove off Into the pond. They're not sure if it was an accident or he did it intentionally, but- But wow. He must have had family and friends who wondered what happened all this time. Yeah. At least now they have an answer. Yep. Wow. That's amazing. The Tyler's house. Yes. So Judy's having a tough time. And so yeah, we get to see their house. And in the scene that you referred to earlier where Tina hears her mom talking about Jessica. Yeah. And how Jessica was perfect and yes. got good grades and, oh, you know. Yeah. 
And then Tina gets upset, understandably so. Yes. There's something strange in the Tyler's foyer. What is strange in their foyer? I have put a photo of it in the folder, and I would like you to look at it. And we'll post this to the notes. I've not told Mark about this because I want him to see it. Uh, Oh. (laughs) Will you describe what you're looking at? Tina comes in. And overhears her mother and then goes upstairs and she's jealous. Mm -hmm. But she goes by a painting. Mm -hmm. Describe this painting. The painting is of a tornado. Yes. That is heading towards some mountains. Uh Uh-huh. But there's a strange pink figure in Uh the foreground. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Your jaw's open. He's zooming. You can't see this, obviously. He's I, zooming in. I don't know what that pink figure and is. And doing the, I have bifocals. If I get close enough to it, I'll be able to make it out. I scrunch face. Yep. <laughs> we'll share this image. It is a weird painting. What is that weird painting doing in their foyer? I don't know. And it's obviously an oil painting. Yep. And it's in a nice frame. Yep. It's not like... Oh, one of the kids painted it and we tacked it up to the wall. It's that, like, this is a real painting and we're proud of it. So we put it in the entrance to the house. That pink figure is right there. and Looks like it's about to be sucked up into the tornado or like it's steering it or something. I don't know. A, I don't know what's going on in that painting. Yep. I did some Googling and I did a reverse image search, tried to find it to see nope. if... I, no, it, it seems to be bespoke for this episode. Wow. I do not know what it it's is. A strange painting. Maybe one of our listeners will recognize it as some kind of homage to a known painting. I couldn't find it. It's weird. Yeah. It's really weird. It is. For somebody who has anxiety issues and OCD issues, that painting is not a calming thing. No. It's not. It's no. a, It's an anxiety-inducing painting. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so Lewis makes an offer for the vineyard. It's insulting. It just makes Carnarvon mad. So I... As part of the research for this rep- episode, I looked at vineyard prices in Indiana. How much? Which, you- if you're not from Indiana, you don't know. There actually are a lot of vineyards in Indiana. It's there kind are. of a new thing, I would there say, are. in the last 20 years, probably. How much do you think a vineyard is in Indiana? Well, it's real estate. Yep. And it's farmland, predominantly, yep. if we're talking about a rural one. Yep. So I, I, don't, I don't know what... Well, there's specialty real estate agents for vineyards. Oh, okay. I can understand that. Yep. And I would think that there would be special real estate agents that specialize in farmland in general, well, too. Different it, purpose of because farmland, it, right? It is, in essence, residential, commercial, and agricultural. Yeah. Like, it is a whole mess to deal with. Right. Um, the first one on the website that I found, which listed them all in the country, mm-hmm. was $11 million. I didn't. I'm assuming that's an established vineyard. Yes. It's not a place where you could start one. Yeah. The, all these are established vineyards, mm-hmm. but to buy a vineyard in Indiana is between two and $5 million. I would understand that yeah. because the vines themselves take such maintenance. If they're there and they're healthy and it's big enough that you could actually make a product, you're not only buying the land, you're buying the future product that that can create. And probably the machinery that it takes to make it. So how much that's do you a think? Lot of, that's a lot of stuff. How much do you think Lewis offered him? Uh, not enough, no, obviously. not enough. You, you, we don't see because he scrunches nope. it up. I bet you he offered him only a half a million. Mm. All I know is Diana says that's not even enough to cover our debts. Or yeah. it's barely enough to cover our debts. Yeah. 
So they were not going to make a profit no. on it. That's for sure. Meanwhile, the young lovers do young lover things. Yeah, against the side of a building. And, and Kevin sees them and, and slams the door, which they don't seem to notice. And yeah, I guess not. Uh, then so. mysterious superpowered Judy strikes again. Okay, so Judy now in daytime. Yes. Sneaks out of her house to where her husband and daughter work. Yes. But Rents. her daughter's making out outside, so she doesn't see her, I guess, when she books this room in a disguise? Books a room in a disguise-ish? In the hotel. Yep. And then calls down to the front desk where her daughter usually works or her husband <clears throat> usually works, but neither of them happen to be there, so Lewis answers the phone. answers. She lures him upstairs. By going... On the phone, he's like, what? I can't hear you. Okay, I'll just come up. Okay. <laughs> Lewis goes out onto the balcony. That isn't there. That isn't there later. Mm -hmm. And she pushes him off. Onto the gazebo. How did she get that room? I don't know. How did she know that he would answer? I, th I, can, I can believe she could push him. He's standing there. He's not expecting anything. Yep. She can run and shove him. But it should be. But there's a good chance he would grab her and take her with him. Yeah. Just out of instinct. It just. I but like, man, does he die. I like him <laughs> falling on the gazebo, but I don't like how he gets there. And never mind. There is a policeman in the hotel when yes. she does it. Nelson yes. is right there. Yes. <laughs> and you hear. Ah! Yeah. And he's twitching. Oh, he's... And then we get the, he, he, the crane shot, and there is something right through him. The, like some kind of finial has stabbed him right through the chest. The practical effects on Ooh. that actor are fantastic. Never mind that he has to lay on top of a gazebo. Gazebo. I just like saying it that way. Yep. Then there's another mystery. Okay. Yes. So he's in his office. Yes. He wanders out of his office. He answers the phone. He goes upstairs. He's pushed off the balcony by Judy. Nelson's right there. Meanwhile, I guess she runs downstairs and ransacks his office looking for something. And destroys the CCTV. And destroys the CCTV so that there's no proof of her being there. What I want to know is where does Judy get the sledgehammer? Because that material is broken. <laughs> Man. Like, but... The laptop, miraculously, all you have to do is just write it. And it starts the Diana slideshow. Okay. I think it's a screensaver. It's just photos of Diana. Okay. Because <laughs> Lewis is actually infatuated with her, I guess. He wants to buy the vineyard and the girl. So let's be very clear. He is very sweet on her. Mm -hmm. But there is no indication that they've done anything in the past. No, it's never been reciprocated. Never. No, nope. she's always loved her husband. He has glamour shots of her. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I and was like, like... family vacation photos? I was like, Lewis should be dead. <laughs> I was like, he was like stalker stalkering her. Like, where did he get all those photos? And then he scanned them and then I he made love the slideshow. We've been married for 15 years. <laughs> and you don't have a slideshow of my face? Do not have a slideshow of your face <laughs> on my computer screen. You don't even have one glamour shot of me. <laughs> like, I'll work on that. <laughs> like, I want to get a picture of us. 
for my desk at work because I have a new job. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I have a photo of us on my desk. Yeah, but <laughs> not a screensaver. No, because nobody has a screensaver anymore. <laughs> and the thing I don't understand is both Barnaby and Char- Nelson. Nelson look at that and they don't both go, "Whoa!" Yeah, crazy much. <laughs> It's almost like having a little secret shrine of her. Yeah. It's almost to that point. But Lewis is classier than that, right? Yeah. He's fancier than that. He wears suspenders and stuff. I'm going to throw rocks angrily into the Well, okay. Stuff gets complicated. All right. So Ninja Judy has killed Nadia with a car and then drug her body to the winery. Then she's done a running shove in while wearing a costume, I guess, a disguise to kill Lewis, ransacked his office while the police were looking the other way. Then Tina is supposed to meet Ryan at the pond, but somebody kidnaps her. And you think, how did she get there so fast? She didn't. No. She didn't do it. She's not the one who kidnapped Tina. No. That was Kevin. Yes. So now we've got another bad guy. So we've got... Elspeth, who killed a little girl with a car. Yep. Judy, who killed Nadia and Lewis. Yep. And now we've got Kevin being a kidnapper. Yes. And his idea of protecting Tina from running off with the wrong man is to put her in the drainage system of the wine-making room. That is not how you get a girlfriend, He basically dude. puts her in a crypt. Yep. It's not how you get a girlfriend, dude. He's not helping anybody. The fact that he thinks he's doing something that she's going to thank him for later means he's super broken. Then grandma decides, I'm just going to let all the wine out. Because she's so mad at... at, um, The Carnarvons? The Carnarvons. Her daughter and her son-in-law. I'm just going to let all the wine go out of the cask. I'm going to ruin all their whole business here. Yep. She's standing there in that building when Tina is screaming and she's like, what's going on? I can't hear her over the following wine. I guess she can't hear her. Otherwise, she's like, yeah, I'm just kind of helping out. I thought I'd drown her too. Yep. I, I can't believe she doesn't hear Tina screaming. No, but luckily Action Charlie's there. Yeah, to shut off all the taps. No, he jumps down in the pit and lifts up Tina. Tina is now covered in wine. Yep. So bound, bound, bound. He bound her. Yeah, but it was for her own good because she was going to run off with a pianist with a trust fund. How horrible that would have been. Ryan does nothing wrong. He's a good grandson. He's a good grandson, and he obviously likes Tina. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Genuinely likes her. Says we were just going to go away somewhere warm where we could relax and think about what we wanted to do. That is how you get a girlfriend. Tying her up in a crypt is not how you get a girlfriend. <laughs> wow. And getting her, uh, I guess it's not her boyfriend's. Yeah, it's her boyfriend's grandma to try yeah. to drown her. Yeah. Like, this is not helpful. No. But, you know, maybe Matilda didn't want Ryan to run off with her. And maybe she thought, she's probably not going to die down there. But Bar- How can I help? But Barnaby has managed to get everybody where he wants them to do the reveal at the end. Barely. 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 They try to leave twice. He only manages it because Tina's almost dead, has to be rescued. Yeah. And they can't very well go, well, I'm just going to leave then. But boy, does Elspeth try. try. Elspeth's like, I got to get Judy out of here. But Elspeth doesn't even know that Judy's a killer. Nope. 
she knows she's a killer. She, so she wants a reason to she's leave. She's like, I left the oven on. Yeah. Judy will be very upset. We need to go. I left the right, lights Judy? on in my car. Oh. <laughs> Just. I. So, so, so Elizabeth comes out as the killer yeah. of the child. Of Jessica. Jessica. And then it dawns on Judy. Yeah. That she's just killed two people and revenge for her daughter when they're not responsible. Yeah. When the woman with her arms around her is the one responsible. Yeah. Why does she not kill the Carnarvons? I think she's sort of working up to it. I think she's, you know, she's framing them for Nadia by putting Nadia in the winery. Yeah. And by killing Lewis, she's sort of killing the hotel business. Yeah. And if he was going to buy the winery and save it, that might have helped them. So by killing him, she's stopping that from happening. Yeah. So she's kind of in, kind of indirectly ruining their business, which will ruin them. And maybe that's better than killing them. We have a very interesting after the episode when we get to it. Oh, boy. Wow. And, you know, you said Ryan is good and he didn't do anything wrong. You know he likes Tina because he's willing to hug her when she is dripping and not aged wine. (laughs) Because she cannot smell nice. No. (laughs) But he's concerned about her. He's legitimately looking for her. Yes. Her dad is like, I don't know where she is. She's on a training course. Whatever. I did appreciate it when Roger confronts Judy and says, she's on a training course and she didn't tell you because you wouldn't have let her go. And if you keep acting like this, she's going to go away forever. We've got to do something about this. Which is absolutely totally valid. Totally legitimate. Totally valid. What he didn't know is she had become a, a homicidal maniac computer smasher at this point. She has, she may have agoraphobia and panic disorder, but she's also got some superpowers. Yeah. She can dress up in disguise. She can drive cars in the night and move bodies that are too heavy for her. Yep. She knows all about winemaking. She kills on the Lewis slide. because he's just part of the cover-up. It's just drops people on gazebos. Yeah. Little does she know she's surrounded by killers and or basic, attempted killers. Basically, they take everybody away. They should. They should take away. Judy, you have to come with us. Judy, and you too, uh, Elizabeth. Yeah, Elizabeth should go. Judy should go. Then they should take they should Ryan. Arrest. Then, no, they should arrest Kevin for kidnapping Tina. Oh, yeah, Kevin Tina. for kidnapping. Then they should arrest Matilda for ruining the business, the, Yep. if not trying to drown Tina. Yeah. Then they should arrest Diana for poisoning all those people. All those people. They should, should all go. Yeah. Yeah. Really, it should be Ryan, Tina, and William sitting there going, what just happened? Yes. What happened? Mm-hmm. <laughs> This is weird. Maybe we should all just leave here. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's like, I got a trust fund. You want to go somewhere warm? Yeah, let's go. We'll take your, We'll take this guy too. So then we have the weirdest summing up scene ever. Yeah. At the Barnabies. I don't know. It's not weird to me. Okay. They hide on a couch and look out the oh, window. Oh, it's cute. They want to see Nelson go off on his date. I'm like, she's all cute and they're all creepy. <laughs> they're not creepy. They're a little creepy. Oh my gosh. If somebody came to pick up one of our kids to go out on a date, we would do the exact same thing. Okay, but he's not their child. <laughs> but little brother. Little I guess, brother. I guess. They're happy for She him. waves because she knows. Mm-hmm. She's a smarty pants. And that is... 
A vintage murder. A vintage murder. So we've already started hinting it after the credits. So let's just do it. Okay. Right? So, so Judy <laughs> Elspeth go to jail. Kevin should go to jail. Matilda, maybe. Diana, definitely. Yep. So that leaves William with, yes. a, with a vineyard. That he can't that afford. That has a horrible reputation. Yes. Okay. A hotel with no one to run it. No, a hotel with no one to own it. Right. No one owns the hotel anymore. I mean, Kevin owns it, but he should go to jail for kidnapping. He should definitely go to jail for you. Uh, Ryan and Tina turn out the best. Yeah. Though Tina has been through some trauma. Yes. Her mother is a killer. Her little sister was murdered. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, Ida is like, I have a great job. Oh, not for long. Bye. Because <laughs> she's in one episode. <laughs> My work here is done. I bought very expensive high chair. I leave now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what she does. Yeah. Like she seems great. Why would they get rid of her? Of uh, 14 new characters in this episode, mm -hmm. four of them should go to prison. Yeah. Yeah. At least four. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh boy. Yeah. Does it make you want to drink wine? No. I don't know why not. Uh, best corpse. Nice corpse. Nadia or Lewis? I have it's to, Lewis. I have to say it's Lewis. Because Nadia this, is not really even a corpse. This a great job. And they just put the right amount of blood on that thing. Yep. That stanchion. Yep. He gets impaled. Yep. And bammo. And he does the twitchy stuff and before he dies and everything. Yep. Yeah, you got to give it to Lewis Payton. Yep. I just tasted a new wine. Can I tell you what it tastes like? What? It has hints of foxy gasoline with an undercurrent of necrotic barnyard <laughs> and an aftertaste of bin juice. Bin juice. <laughs> so uh, just a couple of things before we go. There's new merch yep. in the merch store that yep. has... There's the uh, Sykes. The Sykes image. Drawing. And you can yep. get it on a t-shirt and get Tote it a poster. Tote bag and a coffee and, mug and all that good yep. stuff. I think it's yep. super cute. You can get a poster. I yep. like the poster. It's right off the front of the store now. Hot off the presses. Yes. The third newsletter will be dropping on the, November the 3rd, mm. which is Wednesday this uh, week. And it will have... Pictures that I have not posted anywhere on social media of our of our Halloween decorations. Ooh la la! If anybody's so curious about, you'll get the first pictures of our Halloween decorations. <laughs> yeah, after Halloween is over. After Halloween is over, <laughs> because we couldn't do it on the in the October one because it comes out the first of the month. And if you are even remotely interested in us as people, and you don't have to be at all. Yes. We're getting a new puppy. Yes. So this is this the next thing. We are getting a new puppy. Yes. And the newsletter will have a picture of our new puppy. The new puppy. We don't have we, her yet. We don't have her We're yet. We her. won't have her in the time in the newsletter, but nope. we have pictures of her. Yes. I'm very excited. Yes. It's like getting so a baby. Will, we will get a new puppy on Friday of next week. Mm -hmm. We'll the have 5th it. Of November. We'll have it before the next episode that we record so here. Which, yeah which in the background <laughs> the next episode will be episode 105 habeas corpus mm. it's the first episode with cam mm -hmm. is the episode with no dead people in it there's no murders in this during episode. the episode the murders no, have already happened no murders in the episode but 
I'm okay with it. It's yep. still a good episode. And then the 106, which is the next episode, is the incident at Cooper Hill, which has all the references to the other episodes yeah. in it. We'll, so we'll do we'll something do a, a special, little bit special for that. Mm-hmm. And then we'll do episode 107, which is Breaking the Chain. So we're going to do three episodes at the beginning of November. Yep. Then we're going to take two weeks off and then come back in December. And we will have, once again, a holiday Christmas song. We're practicing already. Yes, Because we, we need to. Yes. Because we we're not do. singers. <laughs> We do. Last year, that went totally viral. Everybody for thought us. it was fun, yeah. and we have a, uh, I think, a better idea this year yeah. for it. So it'll be even yeah. better. All so. right. And Mark won't say it, but if you, again, if you're at all interested in other things that we do, he has a new Kickstarter for his comic book, and yes. it's easy to find. Um, it's for Spirit, and and I'm sure he'll post the link it's in, in the, the show, show notes. notes and if you're curious, yep. you don't have to be, yep, of course. You don't have to be, but uh, if you have uh, any interest in comic books or any children in your family, yeah, you might it like is it. a comic, especially for young women. Yeah, so. it's all sciencey and stuff. Yep. All right. So until next time, bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs. It's Barnyardy with Bin Juice. Foxy. <laughs> I think I'd rather have badgery wine than foxy wine. I think so. Badgers are more aggressive. Hey, maniacs. Hey, maniacs. I made you jump.